here. We're together. This has only ever happened, only ever happened, one other time. It happens once annually. This year, twice. It'll be a biannual occasion this year. Okay. For 2020. Because, of, yes, this is the first of two. Yes. But up to this point, it has it has always been, we're both in the same city for the same conference. Yes. It happened last year in Portland. Uh-huh. And now we're in San Antonio, Texas. Uh-huh. For the saddest, loneliest, <laughs> AWP. most bizarre AWP uh, I, I, I have any experience with. Yeah. So for those of you um, listening to this 30 years from now, as it's a historical record, um, the coronavirus, COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, who knows what term will go down in history, um, is around. And the conference was um, not canceled, but seemed like it might be. And most people pulled out. Um, I don't know how many people are here, but I think the best way to describe it, I have two ways to describe it. The first is that um, last year there was the most people that had ever been at AWP and that was 14,000. And um, this year when I went to get coffee, both mornings when I've gone to get coffee for Kenny at the hotel coffee shop Mm -hmm. at nine o'clock, there has been no line. It it is just occurring to me, and this is so obvious that I'm ashamed that I haven't thought of it until this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably the ten thousandth person to make this joke. Yeah, but it's exactly like this is the first AWP after the Thanos snap. Yes, in Infinity War. <laughs> if you go around the book fair, it's like the same. Yeah. Num- the same number of tables mm-hmm. are set up. And there are signs for loads of tables for vendors and presses and universities who are not here. Mm -hmm. And so you just go around a normal sized book fair with like only 50% like occupants or participation. Yeah. Uh, uh, And uh, am I right in in thinking that this is the 10th uh, AWP that you've been to? This is my 10th AWP. It's my 11th year because I skipped Seattle. So like I've been going for 11 years. Okay. So it's your but, 10th non-consecutive. But this is, yeah, this AWP. is my 10th AWP that I've been to. Yeah. Gotcha. So the, it, it, so the first one that you went to, were you a sophomore? At yeah. Susquehanna? Okay. I was a sophomore and I okay. was Chicago and I was 20 and I stuck into a bar to see Dean Young read. I was assuming that all 10 were consecutive and mm. that you were a junior for the first one. But you, were, you actually went to three AWPs during undergrad. Yeah. And I only went to one, um, partly because in my junior year, I studied abroad for the whole spring right. semester. Yeah, which so I hated. So the <laughs> first one that I went to was my senior year. Mm-hmm. So, so D.C. was your first one. Uh, yeah. It was either in D.C. or Chicago. Um, it was in D.C. Okay. Yeah. Was Chicago the next year? Chicago was the next year. Yeah. because And the reason I know this is because Kenny went with me in D.C., but I was still a student. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago, Kenny and I both went. Um, and it was when I was not. It was when I was applying to grad school and I didn't know if I was going to get in. And it just, it was like a weird year. Yeah. Totally. So the reason you're listening to this is this is the Smug Buds podcast. It is. And this is the Mailbag. Mailbag uh, 3. Special. This yeah. is the third Mailbag special. We follow... Each season with not uh, an episode, but a special Mm -hmm. uh, where we respond to your feedback from 
the season that uh, we wrapped up just a couple of months ago. And also make any corrections or updates and yeah. Mm-hmm. And we look f- and we're going to look forward as well. And yes. we're going to talk about what comes next, which we are going to work out live on mic because <laughs> we haven't uh, talked about it that we much. We haven't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have to talk about AWP because it's where we're at and yeah. because it's so unusual. And uh, we have to talk about what uh, a moment in time this is because I feel like we we so far we've done the ve- most of our podcasting, almost all of it, mm-hmm. in 2019. Yeah, and yeah, we, we have. That's and we just about. we just sort of blissfully mm-hmm. you know did our own thing yeah with occasional acknowledgements that like yeah. <laughs> terrible things are going on in the world <laughs> but now mm-hmm. it's 2020 and it's one of those special years yes when those outside forces are are at their hardest mm-hmm. to ignore um we, you know, it's a the Olympics may or may not happen. Yeah, <laughs> this year. Yeah, they're talking uh, about maybe, um, maybe postponing them to twenty twenty one. Yeah. So uh, I was looking forward to hearing your episode about the Olympics, which <laughs> I don't think you ever. I don't think you ever committed to doing it, but no. I, I've I've been assuming that you would do an Olympics episode. do an episode trying to talk me into caring about the Olympics because I know you yes. and Kenny watch them maybe that would be the one I could convince Kenny to be on that yeah um and uh besides that it's an election year mm-hmm. uh and it's a leap year which I guess is that's already come and gone because mm-hmm. it's March now but uh we're recording this on uh Friday, mm-hmm. March 6th. Yes. Uh, so Super Tuesday was a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And the day after that, uh, aka, uh, well, no, actually two days after. Because yesterday was when Warren dropped out. Yeah. Right. And and if, yeah, I, I, sort, <laughs> I sort of knew, I, I thought I knew what to expect. And I think, I think I've been... My suspicions have been confirmed Mm. that by going to AWP, I'm going to just a conglomeration of like the most Elizabeth Warren supporters (laughs) in one in one place at one time. Yeah, I'm sure. And I was just like, I just think I know who I'm going to be surrounded by. (laughs) I'm sure that there's also a bunch of Bernie supporters. Yes, I'm sure there are, but. But if you if you look at like the net, like yeah, I think the net is well. It's because like, there's a lot of women here, and I know that, right. and there are women, of course, that support Bernie Sanders. But yep. I I can't, I cannot, I cannot tell you how it feels to have there not be a woman really in this race anymore. And I know mm-hmm. that hypothetically Elizabeth Warren wasn't really in the race if you consider the fact that her poll her numbers were so low after Super Tuesday, but. Um, it's, it's one of those things that is beyond reason, you know, it's beyond logic and it, but it's not beyond logic in the sense that like, you know, I deserve to see myself represented in the government that is governing me, but, um, and I have not been yet, um, in the highest position of power. Um, and I think that, you, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Her name's Elizabeth, and that's my name. Yes, and... that's the representation <laughs> you were referring to. Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to acknowledge this while we're together on the, on the record and on yeah. the podcast because I, I I want to say I'm sorry uh, that your dreams have been dashed at we least temporarily a... of 
having a President Liz. President Liz. I mean, my God. Um, yeah, but and I, I and, the, and I feel fine about. I like Bernie Sanders a lot. I mm-hmm. think he's. I think he's been incredibly consistent, which I appreciate. Yeah. I think that um, you know he really has stood up for people in the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. consistently, which mm-hmm. is important to me. Um, you know, everything he has to say about healthcare is very important. Yes. Um, he he calls his plan for healthcare Medicare for all. Yeah. Um, a lot of people use that term. So to distinguish his plan, I think of it as. Medicare for all, but no, really, yeah. <laughs> but, but for real, actually, yeah. no, exceptions. actually Medicare for all. And like, and as soon as possible, Ooh, yes, not like Medicare for all, like in three years when like yeah. the midterms will have already ruined any chances of it actually <laughs> yeah. being a success. Yeah. Uh, but Medicare for all ASAP. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, on the edge of my seat. Um, I'm not, uh, shedding any tears over Warren dropping out, but, uh, I, you know, don't worry, also, I've, shed, I've shed enough for both. Of also, us. yes, but also it is uh, <laughs> disappointing to some extent. Um, it's definitely, you know, disappointing when you, if you look at the competition, I mean, there's, 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 uh, I mean, thank God there's swings out. There's, like... Well, that's what I was going to say <laughs> next is there's swings and roundabouts. Like, yeah. It, it almost feels like we had to, you know how, like sometimes when you're playing Pokemon, and you know but that you have to, to this. <laughs> you know you have to sacrifice one of your pokemon because mm-hmm. because you know that if you switch out a pokemon you lose a turn yeah. and so you're going to get the damage for that pokemon being lost out so it actually switch out so it actually makes more sense to let one of your pokemon faint mm-hmm. get in a last hit and then faint yep because then you can bring in a strong contender. That's essentially what Elizabeth Warren did with Mike Bloomberg. Thank you for putting it in terms <laughs> I could understand. Uh, do you like want... we, we had to sacrifice Elizabeth Warren, but we got out Mike Bloomberg. <clears throat> Cheers. Do you want to talk about Pokemon now? Yeah, what do you I, want to talk about with Pokemon? Well, I, uh, I had in mind that I might talk about the fact that uh, at the end of our last season, uh, when I talked about the year in movies... Mm-hmm. I, I asked the question, would I do the same in 2020? And I said that I might uh, pivot more to focusing on video yeah. games rather than seeing uh-huh. as movie, many movies yeah. as possible. And um, it's early March, as I said, and I've started to do that. Okay. I've hardly seen any movies uh-huh. in the first two months of 2020, which I guess is not that unusual because it's the beginning really of the year season, is the, yeah. Yeah, it's the worst time to see movies. Um, but, uh, still, um, uh, there are movies I'm, I'm excited about. I have been playing a few video games and mm-hmm. the latest one is I just started playing Pokemon Sword. How's that going? Um, go- it's, it's a real, it's a mixed, it's a real mixed bag. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's really my, my, my reaction to it. I find really interesting because I'm simultaneously like. This has so much appeal to me, and I am and I am drawn in by it. Yeah. And also, this is boring, and, <laughs> and it sucks. Uh, and uh, just so I, I've just gotten my first <clears throat> gym badge. That's oh, okay. that's how far I am. Okay. You're playing Shield, correct? I'm in Shield, yeah, and I've gotten all of my gym badges, mm. and I'm in a. Um, I'm in a liminal space where I'm sort of doing the last set of sort of missiony things before uh-huh. I'll go do the finally thing. Yeah. Um, and also just grinding my Pokemon. Yeah. Um, 
and but, yeah, I so I haven't I played XY um, mm-hmm. not the whole way to the end yeah. because um, I played it when Elliot was having heart surgery, and then I just it just sort of fell off the map for me. Y was the last one that I played to the end. Okay, yeah, and then I played Moon, but not a whole lot. Kenny played Moon, I think, to the end or almost to the end. I and I watched him play a lot of it. I think Moon was like my least favorite. I really, they were trying to change things, I, which I appreciate. But I really didn't like the things that were different about mm-hmm. Moon. Um, I remember, I, I I remember liking Y enough yeah. to play it to the end, and at the end, I was like, "Cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah." I'm you know twenty whatever years old, and I <laughs> you know, beat a new Pokemon game. That yeah. was like, it's a good feeling. Uh, I want to ask you. I'm curious. Is there because you know they they. They've had a formula yeah. since the first generation. Yes. Core mechanics mm-hmm. have like basically never changed. Yes. But they always add new things. Mm-hmm. Is there anything new in Shield that you like doing? Um so I to like, give you yes. an, to give you an example. Yes. Dyn- Dynamax is new. Yes. Camping. Cooking. Camping, I have basically not done at all. Okay. That seems like something for children. Yeah, cooking. <laughs> um, what what else is? Uh, those are the main things that I. Here's I the can, thing yeah. that I like that you haven't mentioned, which okay. is, um, and well, and it's sort of new and it's sort of not, um, but I'm going to count it, which is the open areas. Right, the wild areas. So the wild areas um, are you can move the camera around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see the Pokemon now, which yeah. was, I say, sort of new because you could also do that in Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. Or was Let's it? Go. Let, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. Yep. Um, that was something that they, you know, that was a remake, essentially. But yep. um, they, you know, but with the new the new graphics and everything. And mm. you could see the Pokemon. And that actually is, feels like a real game changer to me. Because mm. I love that you can just, they're just there, you know? And I mean, that's, yeah. and that's not even in the wild, wild areas, but... I like it because um, I think that they look cool, and I like seeing them wandering around, and right. I like seeing how big or small they are. Yeah. I, when I was listing new things, <laughs> I should have listed the wild area, and then also related to the wild area, I guess I should have listed, are they I don't are they called raids? The, the, yeah, the Dynamax raids. They're like holes in the ground. Yes. With the, and I like those fine. Mm. I have a problem with them, which is that... I well, first off, I have to reconnect to the internet every single time I start playing again. Oh yeah. Um, but then I will like join a raid and like try to get other like trainers to join me, and I yeah. pay twenty dollars a year for the online Ninten- Nintendo Online. Yeah. And for some of the for half the time, I get zero people, hmm. and yeah. then it's just computer trainers, which is fine. But like, what hmm. am I paying for? Right. Yeah. And I know people are playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're out there. Uh, I uh, and I guess probably a, the most important question I could ask you is what starter did you pick? I picked Grokey. Oh, you picked Grookey? The the monkey? Yeah, I also picked Grookey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's... But get this: Have you been doing the um, surprise trades? No. Okay, so you could, do you have Nintendo Online? Yeah. Yes, because you played Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, and Splatoon, um, and yeah, etc. Um, the surprise trades I have gotten the other two starters. Oh wow! So like I absolutely, I mean, so I mean that's sort of been the wild thing about I think Pokemon Sword and Shield is for me is that um, 
the surprise trades means that I've gotten a bunch of Pokemon that I'm not sure I... I know that I never would have gotten yeah. just by myself. Right. So that's been really freeing because I don't know when I would see somebody who is also playing that game I could trade with. Uh-huh. Um, like I got a Farfetch'd, mm. which is not... That was actually... Because Farfetch'd evolves into Surfetch'd in this one. Oh, I yeah. haven't done that yet. Right. But um, like I never would have gotten that unless I found you with my Switch at some point, like in October or whatever. Right. And... Um, I just got it through a surprise trade. Mm-hmm. And so I just like will catch like whatever Pokemon yeah. and then just surprise trade them. And I just get all this. So now I actually have the bunny. What's the bunny one? Score bunny. Score bunny. The full evolution of that, which looks cool as shit. And mm-hmm. then also the other one. Sobble. Sobble. I have the full evolution of Sobble. Yeah. Um, and they're, the, the bunny one that is the full evolution of it is in my like starter right mm. now. Oh, cool. My starter like six. Yeah. Um, and I think I actually like that one better, which I never mm. go for a fire Pokemon, but I yeah. think that's my favorite one. Oh, interesting. Um, which, you know, I picked Grokey, but whatever. Yeah. So I like that. But the other thing that's weird is the jobs. Have you done the jobs? No, I don't think so. So in the um, Poke Center, you can go to the computer. Yeah. The PC. Yes. And you can send your Pokemon out on jobs. And if you do it for the whole day, like 24 hours later... They come back with a bunch of experience points and then also will oh. give you stuff. But, uh-huh. wow, that sure saves some time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been able to level up my Pokemon so quick because I just send all of them out and then, mm. you know, go to sleep and don't play again until the next day. And then mm. now my Pokemon are all at level 60 or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I sort of miss random encounters a little bit. Um, but also, I know that, like, I'd be... Most of the time, like, super annoyed by them. Yeah. I just miss random encounters, like, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> that, that you know, just running through the grass and then all of a sudden, you know, there's no way you can, like, mm-hmm. anticipate it. Just mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And some yeah. of the grass does do that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I know what you're talking about, for sure, yeah. Um, so, but I, li- I like it, but I also feel like I'm just, like, so excited to be playing any Pokemon game that, yeah. like, it's sort of, like... It's functional and mm-hmm. the functional and it's baseline and more and more. Yeah, right. And the baseline is so good that I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I, my, actually, I would say my main criticism is like, just make the whole fucking thing open world. Come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the fact that they didn't is like, um, it's so good. Like that mm-hmm. part is so good. And yeah. like we made Zelda, so I know you can do it. Right. Like I know that you are capable of doing it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like the technology and the capability is there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so just staying on the topic, not of Pokemon, but of video games and my pivot to video games in 2020, I'll just quickly recap the other things that I've played so far where I played Control on the PlayStation 4. Okay. Have you heard of this at all? Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool. I liked it. Um, It is uh, most triumphant on an aesthetic level, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. Graphics, music, sound design, um, the story is really cool. The setting, um, the characters, and the dialogue—I got like invested in them. Gameplay-wise, it's very repetitive, uh, uh, so it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I really liked it, and I think it's on a lot of people's like best of lists and like yeah. awards contender and stuff. Um, it's uh, I it it's it's. It's hard to it's hard to describe. One of okay. the things I like about it is that 
it it does not hesitate to just include a a bunch of weird stuff mm-hmm. in it. It doesn't limit itself to like it doesn't hold your hand with yeah. like here's the weird world we're in and it's there's this one weird thing about it. It's like <laughs> no, it's like things on things on things. <laughs> and they all have names because it's in this very bureaucratic setting. Like you basically never leave this office building oh. that's basically supposed to be like an FBI for the supernatural, basically. Ooh. And it's a little bit like it's it's more than a little bit like Men in Black International, uh-huh. uh, one of the worst movies I watched last year, <laughs> where if you've seen the trailer, you know the premise is when Tessa Thompson was little, she saw an alien and she didn't get her memory erased by the oh, men in black. Uh-huh. So she grows up searching for them yeah. until finally she finds them and they recruit her. That's basically the plot to control is uh-huh. that this woman, when she was a girl, had this interaction with the supernatural. The Federal Bureau of Control came you know, interviewed her, took her brother away, and she's been searching for them ever since. And when she finally finds them, she simultaneous with that is that there's this like invasion of their headquarters <laughs> by this supernatural force, uh-huh. and she becomes the new director. Um, and and wow. she has she has all talk that's, about a, that's the a pl- job interview. That's the player character. That's who you are. That she has all of these powers that that make her like the only one who can like fight against this invading force um and uh it's a lot of like motion captured performances Mm -hmm. that like look really good and some good voice acting good anyway that's control Uh that's the other big you know triple a type game that i played Mm -hmm. and then the littler ones were um i played a short hike on my new PC, mm. which is very charming, and I mm. loved it until it crashed. Um, oh, no. It's probably my fault, but it taught me a valuable lesson mm. about saving my game because <laughs> it's been years since I had to manually save a video game. Yeah. I've been so spoiled by games that auto save themselves. Yeah. Um, but I had basically entirely played it, so it was not a huge loss yeah. when I lost my progress. Uh, and uh, I played a visual novel called Butterfly Soup on my PC, Ooh. which is uh, extremely charming. Uh-huh. Just a great example of a story where uh, now that I've experienced the story, the characters are real and they are my friends. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last time I felt that way with a video game was was Night in the Woods. Like yes. those core four characters. Uh, yeah, are they're like, my friends. They're, yes, they are real people yeah. and they're my friends. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about the cast of Butterfly Soup now, which any, which anyone can play. It's it's um, it's on. Uh, I don't know how you say it, but it's itch.io. Oh, okay. Itch.io or yeah. itch.io, whatever. Um, and it's pay what you want, so oh, you can you okay. can download it for free. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason why it has to be quote unquote sold that way is that there is like. Just a bunch of copyrighted things in, in the game, <laughs> yeah. uh, which uh, are add to the humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I played a game called Wide Ocean Big Jacket, uh, which I played on the Switch. Uh-huh. And it's I think they market it as like an interactive short story or mm-hmm. something like that. And it, it 
I played it from start to finish in maybe like two hours or like even a little less than that. Yeah. And again, just very charming. Oh, just, good. just, just, you know, good fiction writing and the art style is very charming. And so I would recommend that. Um, you can play that because it's on the Switch. Yeah, I, so, I want to play that. Yeah, check it out. Um, so that's my video, video game, game update roundup for <laughs> quarter one of 2020. <laughs> Uh, should we move from that into some uh, Gosling mail yeah. Yeah. that we've gotten? I, I want to say one thing while I bring this up for mm-hmm. us to look at about um, another misheard thing that happened mm-hmm. to me at work the other day, uh-huh. which is that I had written um, that something was formerly known as, like, I forget what it was. It was, it was like a work-specific term. Mm-hmm. My boss emailed me. She was like, what are you trying to say here? I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, and she like listed through a couple things. And I was like, I meant what I said. It was formerly known as, you know, whatever. And she was like, I'm just going to call you. And I was like, okay, can you hear what I'm saying? Are you saying formally known as? Yes. Okay. I meant formerly known as. Okay. And you wrote that in an email? It was in a report that I had written. Okay. So it was written down. Yes. And you had written forum only. Yes. Uh-huh. And that is also how I say it. Okay. Like for yeah, formally no formally known as. You know, we have Because a, it's so easy to just go formally instead of formerly. You know, we have an abbreviation for this. You could have avoided the whole thing. Oh, and just gone FKA. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I no could, one <laughs> would know you were wrong if you just abbreviated <laughs> they both start with well, F. Well, you know, I have an official, as we've talked about, style guide with acronyms, and that's not one of them, so I couldn't. I would have to spell it out. Well, sounds like there's room for an addition so in there, that style guide. But I, but when she finally said it, I went, oh, oh, okay, Claire, I just need to let you know that you have explained something I've been doing wrong in my brain for my life. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my gosh, you meant... Formerly, didn't you? And you have been saying formally your entire life. And I was like, yes. <laughs> thank you. for." And she started laughing. She mm-hmm. was like, well, you know, we all learned something today. <laughs> yeah. That's a valuable lesson. Um, so let's, like, talk about the MCU really quick. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the draft, for, uh, draft first? And then we can talk about this update, which I'm sure everybody's heard of by now, but it's worth uh, acknowledging. Yeah. So it was the first thing that we did in season three. Mm-hmm. And we had lots of opportunities to talk about it. If I remember correctly, we have never talked on mic about the results of the poll. Yes, I don't think we have. So just to recap, uh, we opened season three with an episode about phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh-huh. Mike was our guest. Yes. We uh, did a draft of characters from the MCU. Mm-hmm. Each of us had a team of five heroes and a villain and a director for our fake film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we put up a Twitter poll. Who had the best team between the three of us? Yes. And I won the poll. Will won. Yep. And I Hands just, down. I just wanted to <laughs> put that on the record. Um, yes, I have access to several different Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. I swear I did not boost the voting. I, as a, as a matter of fact, I I put in a vote for each of us uh-huh. uh, just to render my votes completely meaningless, <laughs> basically, just to boost the numbers so that there yeah. were any votes. 
to start with. And then uh, thank you to those of you who voted, and especially to those of you who voted for me. <laughs> I, I agree that I had the best team. Yes, 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 yes. And then the other update actually comes from Kenny, um, which is that he emailed the SmugBuds account um, when uh, Sony and Marvel uh, had struck a new deal to keep Spider-Man in the universe. This was also funny because um, Will emailed back to Kenny and said, I never doubted this would happen, but still, thank God. And then emailed back again and said, guess I should have signed that last email. Love, Will. Because who, I'm the one that mostly runs the email account, so the right. fact that Will responded so quickly. Well, yeah. And, and I, as soon as I sent that email, <laughs> then I had the visualization that it was from the SmugBuds yeah. account. And I was like, oh, wait. It won't be clear that I sent that. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, more Tom Holland, Spider-Man, not only on screen, but in the canon yes, and the continuity of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I I have heard from listening to the Blank Check podcast that I guess part of the deal between Sony and Marvel is that they have to keep churning out these movies. Like, wow. like, like the deal is, like, moot if they go, like three or maybe even as little as two years without making like a core Spider-Man Oh my God. So we're going to get a lot of Spider-Man then. Hopefully. Yeah. I I mean, mean, which is, I mean, those movies are honestly some of the best ones that have come out recently. They're they're, fun. They're my favorites. Tom Holland is like so pretty. I love him. He's my boyfriend. And (laughs) also Zendaya is great too. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah. You know, basically everyone Mm -hmm. who's been in the movies is great with maybe one or two exceptions that I won't mention. And, uh, I've already said on the podcast, Spider-Man Homecoming is my favorite out of yeah. all the movies um, for for that for those reasons and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Uh, you know, every time they put out a new one, looking forward to the third one. Supposedly, hopefully, the villain in the next one is going to be Craven the Hunter, Ooh. which is which is a possibility that I have been looking forward to since the days when Sam Raimi was directing Spider-Man movies. And you know, you know how it was, if you didn't know this with Spider-Man directly, you probably heard this about like Batman Mm -hmm. when Christopher Nolan was doing Batman. I remember it was always like, did you hear Angelina Jolie is going to play Poison Ivy? Did you hear Johnny Depp is going to play the Riddler? Uh You know, and, and uh, I, have long heard speculation like that for you know future spider-man movies mm. and like where you know who are they going to do next and craven the hunter is this possibility that's just always been just sitting on the table for years and years <laughs> and years i've never and, heard of craven the hunter but this name is yeah, incredible it's basically what if a big game hunter was a supervillain, and he sort of sets his sights on spider-man <laughs> as his as his next uh you know prize yeah yeah uh and uh yeah that possibility is uh yeah i'm i'm champing at the bit for that and mm-hmm. uh, you know just fan casting it in mm-hmm. my head and and all that good stuff so um, yeah, that, thank you, Kenny, for sending us that good news back in, I'm reading, September 2019. Two days after my birthday. Mm, happy birthday to you. Um, so here's a note, here's some a bit of a conversation that we had um, with my friend Emily, um, a different Emily than I think we've probably brought up before, um, about the Handmaid's Tale ah. um, podcast. 
um, Emily, I think, loves the show and was like, I'm going to listen to the podcast. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And she loves the book. Well, actually, she said she loves the books. I have many thoughts on the show. And I think that she did um, probably have complicated feelings. But I think she watches it very mm. consistently. Mm-hmm. Um and she said, I was so afraid Will was going to hate on the book, but he didn't. So yeah. I liked the episode. I Good. agree with the criticisms of the show, especially the torture porn point. Yep. That's my main issue with it, which I was like, yeah, I think I said this on the even on the episode where I was just like horrified that you wouldn't like the book. Yes, and, yes. Um, you know, and that. the book, again, not above criticism, mm-hmm. but I think the book is very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's very powerful, as, as I said and at the, the time. The other thing she said was... Um, when I read the book, I never deduced that her name was June. So when the show revealed that, I was angry. One of the mm. things I love about the book is that it's a snapped snapshot in time from a very limited single perspective, perspective offered keeping her name secret from everyone, including the reader, is the one thing that is hers and hers mm-hmm. alone, which is something that we hadn't really talked about. The yeah. idea that it was like, not just that it was like, you know, people's name get erased, but that she, it's like something she gets to keep from her identity. Right. Um, and she said, I saw that June was briefly mentioned in the book and read Atwood's explanation, still disappointed. <clears throat> yeah. I think that that sort of, you know, keeping it to herself mm-hmm. for those reasons of, you know, having something that belongs to you. I think that's a little nuanced for the people who are making the TV show. Yeah, it absolutely. And, and of course, we know <laughs> that functionally never could have worked with the TV show because of how even well because they decided to do a lot of flashbacks exactly yeah yeah. um and then she did bring up one more thing which we had completely forgotten to talk about oh boy she said also you really do look like elizabeth moss parentheses side note thoughts on her being a scientologist (laughs) and being in a show like this i think maybe (laughs) once i edited it or once we stopped recording it or once we put it up i vaguely remember i think i texted you we never even mentioned yes. Scientology, LOL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, let's talk more about this in the future because there are going to be more episodes of the television show. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, I don't know when it'll be, but I look forward to doing an episode called The Handmaid's Tale Season 4. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I also, I just learned... Uh, yesterday or the day before maybe elizabeth moss is supposed to make her directorial debut uh uh in in season four of Uh the handmaid's tale wow okay so that'll be something to look forward to to Uh pay attention to and to talk about when the time comes okay good yeah scientology is bullshit though that will be the one thing i do say yeah we'll talk more about that too um do you ever just look at Audacity just to make sure it's still recording? Oh, my God. <laughs> Will's, like, has no faith. It always yeah, is. Okay. I'm looking just, at you most of the time when we record. I'm always looking at Audacity, and you're in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Never put Lizzie in the corner. Mm. Um, oh, about the last Christmas episode, which I think was maybe my favorite of the season. I'm, um, I'm really partial to The Handmaid's Tale episode. Oh, I also really <laughs> like The Handmaid's. Actually, maybe The Handmaid's Tale episode is my favorite. That episode was really good. Okay, but it was so much fun to record. Let me, him, if we're if we're if we have to pick two favorite episodes because we're giving each of us one, yeah, Handmaid's Tale and, mm-hmm. and Last Christmas are definitely my two. The most fun thing to do is to like dunk on stuff yeah. <laughs> and to clown on stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but 
Sarah, um, our devotee of the pod, had messaged me about this. Um, this is something I've since learned is actually wider spread than just her coworker, but I'll, I'll read it to you. Okay. She said, my coworker and her husband, and I think a bunch of other people, have this thing called Whamageddon, mm. where you avoid hearing last Christmas. That's it. It's the whole thing. You lose if you hear it. Yeah, yeah. So her water heater went out the other day, and she had to go to some big box store, and she was really worried about hearing it. (laughs) Um, Because Sarah sent this um, on Monday, December 23rd. I said, I guess she will not be listening to the pod. And Sarah said, no, please add this to the mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny to think about people going through life thinking about that song more than any of the rest of us. Yeah. Precisely because they don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it must be on your mind more than if more you than heard it. if you heard it, which right. is, yeah, defeats the purpose. It's like that stupid game. Oh, the game? The game. Well, we just oh, lost I lost it. the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the most annoying people I know actually mm-hmm. played that game yeah. um, as a... Um, and it's not a it's not a game is the thing. Well, yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and it's fine to call something the game when it's not a game. Yeah, it's I just don't, being annoying. It, it is annoying. I I I kind of <laughs> kind of like the fact that for you know that it's always going to be with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the fact that like when it truly like does not matter. And hopefully no one else remembers it in my vicinity that I'll still have it in my head. <laughs> uh, and that, I, and just as a connection to yeah. the past version of me that, like, you know, learned of it in high school yeah. and had, you know, that friend group. As, as, as annoying as some of them might have been, it's funny, it's funny to me and a little, little uh, wistful to think that, uh, you know, maybe I'll lose the game on my deathbed. <laughs> <clears throat> and I think, too, I think, too, it's like, I think it is, like, sort of an interesting, like, uh, freshman year, like, philosophy experiment. Yeah. But um, senior year, we don't need to be bringing it up, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, we're about to graduate. So Dana sent us this article, which I know has been well um, discussed at this point. Please read the subject line of her email. It just says... Uh, Rupee of the decade. (laughs) Such a funny thing to call an email. And I think it has an exclamation point. It does. Oh, it does. Do you want to read the email from your your girl? Hey, buds. Rupee Core was called writer of the decade in this article. (laughs) Then there's a link which... uh, The URL demonstrates that it came from Twitter. (laughs) Literary Twitter is going wild. What do you think? Love... Goss deal. <laughs> okay. You had me with the subject line. You kind of lost me with the sign off. Yeah. So, like, so, people talked a lot about this article. Who, where is this article from? It's from... Actually. Um, New Republic. And what do we know about that? About the New Republic? Yeah. Not much. Okay. So, I don't know anything about this. The name New Republic makes me think this is not my corner yeah i um i remember this this article and part of part of what he was saying was like she's speaking to the generation yeah and um this was published december 23rd 2019 yeah two days before christmas yeah it was written by ruman alam yeah 
A rupee core is the writer of the decade is the is the title. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit it's a little bit disjarring too because it's not even saying that she's the poet of the decade. It's saying she's the writer. Yeah. And it's not even saying that she's like the, you know, quote unquote literary writer or like writing that you would read for pleasure. Mm-hmm. She's saying like she's the writer, like, you know, there's things like um you know, like people are writers who, you know, journalists are writers, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite the um Okay, so <clears throat> I'm looking at I clicked on politics on the New Republic. Uh-huh, to get just a to, feel. Just to try to get a feel of like is this like a Breitbart kind of site? Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't hate this. I mm-hmm. see a headline called The Myth of the Pro- Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Okay. <laughs> Did oh, you I, think it said bros? Yes. I thought <laughs> yes. I, what does it say for the people that can't look at it my It says the myth of the progressive boss. <laughs> I thought it said progressive bros. I guess I still might like that if I read it. Uh, and uh, there's something here about a new, yeah facing a pandemic in the new Gilded Age. So, okay. Uh, I won't totally write off this whole website right now at a glance. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts about rupee of the decade before we move on just like you know i think that it's hard to have a writer of a decade without excluding someone and i think that um popularity is important and it should be recognized like you know you and i are not against popular media no um but i also think that um which there are plenty of people that are you know that are just like if something is popular that automatically is a turnoff yeah um absolutely but I just also think that just because something was the most popular does not mean that it was necessarily most representative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. It seems it, like a weird thing to say in general. It's it's just sort of it's sort of boring because like yeah yes mm-hmm. there's this whole literary Twitter AWP group of people subculture yeah. that's going to be up in arms about mm-hmm. a take like that. But also there's like. The general public, mm-hmm. for which saying that Rupi Kaur is the writer of the decade is sort of like saying, like, Disney is the media company of the decade. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, you just named, like, the most popular <laughs> like, writer that... for, like, young people. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. What's your what's your point? Yeah. <laughs> popular thing is popular. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Okay. So yeah, that's that's my main takeaway. We don't need to. I think it's worth mentioning. I think Dana was absolutely right to send it to us too. I didn't read the article. Did you? Um, yeah, okay. I read it when it came out, okay. with, I, even before she sent it to me. I just knew it existed. I haven't read it. Um, yeah, it just is like, it's fine. Um, I'm certainly not the writer of the decade, so you know mm-hmm. she can have it. Um, you might be the writer of this next decade. Maybe yeah, the new one, the new one. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, we can talk about Homestore Runner for a little bit because I know you have something to say too. Yeah. Blake um, specifically contacted me um, because I was talking about, when we were talking about Easter eggs, um, and he said, I'm not sure how you found Homestore Runner, but you showed it to me in 2003. So that's at least the bare minimum of when mm-hmm. we started looking at it. Yep. Um, and he also said that Shrek thing, because I remember I was talking about the, the mm-hmm. egg, the Easter egg on the, the Shrek. He said, yeah. the Shrek thing was only if you played the DVD on a computer and what would happen was was you could record um, thi- like um, the gingerbread man saying things. Mm-hmm. And as he said, <laughs> Mark, his friend Mark, and him would put, quote, do you know the fucking man in instead of do you know the gingerbread man? <laughs> okay, that's... 
or do you know the Muffin Man? I think yes, is what he meant to but say. But he wrote instead of Gingerbread. Yes, Man. I, well, I think he was so, getting him. <laughs> sorry, Blake, but no. you are the James Dunham of this <laughs> mailbag episode. You are the one who uh, I have to severely dunk on. I actually for saying Gingerbread Man instead of Muffin Man. But I know why he said this. I can explain it. Epic fail. It's because shut <laughs> up. it's because um it's because the way that you got to this game was you. Um, clicked on one of the buttons on the gingerbread man. So that's why he misspoke. It's no excuse. Like, I think it's fine. It's do you know the muffin man? <laughs> Elliot can sing that song, apparently, now, by the way. Apparently Blake knows the muffin man <clears throat> least of all. <laughs> he lives on Drury Lane. Can't even remember whether people, you know, whether he exists, let alone somebody knows him. So speaking of Homestar Runner, yes. just as we were at lunch uh, a couple of hours ago, at Johnny Rockets here in San Antonio. Um, you know, a um, local spot. Yeah, normal place to go yeah. uh, to get lunch. It was a, you know what, though? That's the burger I want in my life. It's just a flat, smashed-ass burger. It was good. Yeah, it was what I needed. It was a good milkshake, too. Yeah, continue. <laughs> um, I can't remember why this popped into my head, but a particular Homestar Runner cartoon popped into my head. I wonder if you remember this one. Okay. I'm kind of hoping you remember it better than I do. Okay. Because I can't remember if it was a strong bad email uh-huh. or something else. Yeah. Or maybe a holiday cartoon. Uh-huh. Maybe it was like a thanks centered around Thanksgiving, but it was like about a parade in town. Uh-huh. And the main focus of the cartoon is Coach Z and Marzipan are the commentators on the parade. Oh my god! And the I I want to mention two things yeah. that really stick in my head from this one cartoon, mm-hmm. and the first is I the way I remember it, they cut from something, or maybe it's just the very beginning of the cartoon, mm-hmm. but they cut it cuts to Coachy and Marzipan next to each other. Marzipan has a big frown on her face, <laughs> and Coach Z says something like, "Welcome back." First of all, I'd like to apologize to my co-host for any inappropriate comments I may have made during the break. And it's the way he says inappropriate that I can't hear or think of the word inappropriate without thinking of Coach Z saying inappropriate comments. I do not remember this at all. And then the the other thing I remember... Which I think might be just one of the greatest jokes that they ever wrote uh-huh. was they uh, the, the 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 format is like they will comment on a float in the parade mm-hmm. and then it'll cut to the float and yeah. you'll see the float and then it'll cut back and so one of them says the next float is sponsored mm-hmm. by Bub's concession stand mm-hmm. and Coach Z I don't remember exactly how he says it but he says something like. Oh boy, Bubs, here comes Bubs, my number one best guy, best friend in the world, <laughs> always hanging out with me all the time, Bubs. And then it cuts to Bubs's float, and Bubs is on the float with a megaphone, just repeating, Coach Z, you jerk. <laughs> Coach Z, you jerk. <laughs> And that's so fucking funny to me. It's the perfect joke. (laughs) It's one of a few perfect jokes. Oh, my God. 
Do you? So you don't remember this cartoon no. at all? Oh, that's all right. But no. I can imagine it I'll, because I, of your storytelling I'll and also to, my basis knowledge. Well, I have to. I'll have to look it up. And we'll wa- look it up after it, this. Watch it after on this. Safari, yeah. since that's where I can still play Flash. We'll put it on the show. Put it in the show notes for the listeners. Yeah. They will, if they want to compare how I remember it to the actual thing. What's next? So I want to. Oh, I want to talk just really quick. Nathan did um, message me from Raise Up Roof Beams, from mm-hmm. Roof Beams, yep. and say that it really meant a lot to him that we did a whole uh, episode on his band, and it was cool to hear us talk about uh, songs and to hear interpretations of songs that he hadn't thought about in the same way when he was writing. And then he put in parentheses, like, I'm sure it's the same with you in poems. And in my head, I was like, no one ever comments on my poems. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I was like, when I did listen to the songs later, I was like, we pretty much only talked at length about Never Tire. What is Never Tire about mm. if it's not about what I think it's about? Uh, yeah. Like, at least in a, I, like in a feeling. Because like we mostly mm. talked about the way it made us feel. Right. Um, <clears throat> oh, and I also did want to say, I've been thinking a lot, and I wanted to thank you on mic for this, Ooh. about... <laughs> I, I never thank Will for anything. <laughs> Interesting. Um... You were talking, we were, I was trying to describe how important Never Tire was to me, since it's my favorite song. And you had said um, that there were songs that didn't make you feel good, but made you feel powerful. Yeah. And that phrase of like songs that make you feel powerful or like things that make you feel powerful, I, um, it's like, it's like I don't even need this for anything except for the fact that like that's the sort of phrasing that I needed to mm-hmm. pr- properly describe the things that have meant the most to me in my life. I'm, I'm glad that meant something to you. Um, yeah, because that, that is like, uh, I, I, I articulated something that's really been with me for a long time mm-hmm. and, and is, is meaningful to me as well. And I will just sort of add on to that, that that's related to something that I don't know if you'll relate to this to the same extent, but increasingly lately i've been thinking about contextualizing my inner life my the way my brain works mm-hmm. with the narrative that like television like severely warped uh my uh just the way that i like navigate okay the world in a sort of like you know in you know semi-consciously subconsciously you know, spinning the narrative of like what's going on Mm -hmm. in my own life. And so I, I, that, that is related to the song thing Mm -hmm. because when I have, when I am experiencing that feeling of listening to a particular song, when I am describing this Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm picturing like I'm out, I got my headphones in and I'm walking and it's, you know, high school so it's new york city or what it's on uh-huh. campus or whatever but like i'm going from place to place rather than just like laying in my bedroom at home which is like that could happen too but like mm-hmm. what they're related because the the hear the feeling and the hearing of the song mm-hmm. that's all like that's all like soundtrack yes that's all yes. like my life is a movie uh-huh. and this is like a needle drop mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like part of the feeling that I'm getting is from the, from imagining yes. that like it's a, it's a movie and this yes. is the song uh-huh. that's playing in the movie. <clears throat> More than just that growing up, I watched enough television and enough 
in particular like shows for kids like say like looney tunes or like other cartoons where it was like the episode would start with like a title card you know Uh and then so i would I, i would wake up in the morning for school yeah and like the first thing to come into my head was like i would imagine like the title card oh my god like for the day yeah right because it was like an episode of the show uh-huh. of my life was yeah. like that day and so i was like imagining the title card and then going through my day and the other thing that would that uh i would do a lot was i had this sort of um i had i had this two-hander sort of dynamic uh-huh. uh really like written into my brain where it was simultaneously it was sort of like the the uh comedy duo sort of dynamic of Mm -hmm. like the goofball and the straight man yeah and then but also simultaneously it was sort of like the the show and the audience it was it was Mm -hmm. and so in my head i had that sort of like a relationship with myself Mm -hmm. where in my imagination, there was sort of like, there was two of me. Yeah. And there was like the one who was like the actor Mm -hmm. and it was going through stuff and like fucking up and like doing stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) And then there was like the straight man Uh who was also, who was passive and was just a viewer Mm -hmm. and could just sort of like get a laugh by like pointing at the real me (laughs) and being like this fucking guy. (laughs) What an idiot, right? Yeah. Yeah, all of that is tied to, in my mind, is tied to that feeling of like, here's a song that's really special to me. Mm-hmm. It's not a feel good song, mm-hmm. but it, it but it will pump me up. Yes, when uh, I'm walking down the street. Yeah, because I'm like a character in a show. Yeah, where it's like you know there are obstacles in my life. Yes, and I'm like persevering through mm-hmm. adversity and this this song is about like yeah that <laughs> this yeah this song is about you know uh you know time you know times are hard yeah but you know i'm you know i got my backpack on and my headphones in and and i'm and i'm doing it i have one note about um feeling like you're in like a tv show or a movie from my life which mm-hmm. is that I have fallen asleep in many um, places in my life, Mm -hmm. like, um, because I'm very tired a lot of the time. And something that I always thought about was that, like, um, I loved the idea of somebody coming upon me when I was asleep. Mm -hmm. Because in so many movies and TV shows, somebody will come upon somebody when they're asleep. Mm -hmm. And it's this, like, intimate moment where you see that that person who is looking at the person who is asleep is loved. Mm-hmm. And so I always liked thinking about that because I like thinking about people loving me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's an, in- yeah, it's interesting the way that we apply tropes yeah. from media to, to, to our, our lives. Life. Yeah. And, and I will say I have, you know, encountered Elliot asleep and looked mm-hmm. at him and thought that I loved him. So sure. it's not completely made up. It happens. Um, so do Can you want- we- can we move from your band episode to my yes, band episode? Yes, I was going to yeah. ask you to, yeah. So you got that <clears throat> feedback from Nathan on your Roof Beams episode, which is very nice. This is the feedback that uh, I got after I did my episode about the Decemberists, one of my favorite bands. I got a text from my mother and father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
who share a phone and a phone number. So I, they're in my... I don't understand how they exist. They're in, my, they're in my phone as mom and dad. Yeah. And when I get a text, I assume that it's probably my mom. <laughs> um, and I'm scrolling back through the text <laughs> just to find the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, Sunday, December 15th, it was 10.13 p.m. Mm-hmm. for me. Which means it was probably after midnight yeah. uh, for them. Yeah, it was like one in the morning. When they just texted, in quotation marks, the words, the bows unbowed. Uh-huh. Because that's part of the lyrics to one of my favorite songs. Right. Which, when we were listening to it on the episode, you specifically asked me, what is he saying here? Yeah. And I said, I think he's saying the bows and bows. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite songs, and I did not know, yeah. or I had forgotten the lyric. The lyric is actually the bows unbowed. Yes. So B O U G H space U N B O W E D. Yes. And then this must have also been the same episode when I don't remember why. Oh, no, I do remember why. It's because of Apology Song by uh-huh. the Decemberists. I'm really sorry, Stephen, that your bicycle's been stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I had something to say about the name Steve. As like a funny name. Which, which is my dad's name, which. I, I've observed it's not this is it's not a judgment on my part. It's just an observation that I've made uh-huh. that I think Steve is the go-to name when your joke or or your comedy just calls for a random mm-hmm. man's name. <clears throat> not that the name itself is funny, yeah, uh-huh. but that it shows up a lot in context like that. Mm-hmm. Like for example, in the Flight of the Concords classic song, uh, Rhymnoceros versus Hip Hop Eponymous, <laughs> there's, um, let me see how well I can remember this if I try to dive into the song in my head. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it comes to it, but at some point in the rap lyrics, they go like, as uh, to this point, they've been addressing no one specific. Yeah. And then they just go Steve, <laughs> and yeah. and then yeah. and then they go, what kind of a rap name is Steve anyway? Because <laughs> it's it's as if it's like a back and forth yeah, like yeah. diss track yeah. sort of a thing. Um, and then I think that there's also a Ninja Sex Party song. Um, yeah, I think it's in uh, Orgy of One. Do yeah, you, do you know the lyrics uh-huh. to Orgy of One? Yeah, except Steve, he's not invited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stacy had a headache. Some Jenny was too shy. Steve was not, not invited, invited because, because he, he was, was a guy. guy. <laughs> and that, I love that there's this really funny like bass riff like right at the moment <laughs> where they say Steve oh was God. not invited. But so, so they're like, there's there's no Steve. Yeah. Uh, there's it, the the name Steve in isolation is yeah. not particularly funny. Yeah. But I just think it's the most used. In like comedy yes. contexts, so I, I my mom must have wrote this. She wrote by text message. Daddy says the go-to comedy name is Anthony Weiner. <laughs> right. right. To which I say, well, we're both we're both right. You're both right. We're just we're talking about two different things. Yeah. Because that, that is a name that is, in and of itself, fun, funny. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's the punchline. Yeah. Whereas I'm, ta- I'm talking about, like, 
you need the context yes of the joke and it's just a random pull <laughs> and there's no there's no specific steve yes whereas there is a specific anthony weiner there's no specific steve and i i don't remember if i ever mentioned any runners up when we were talking about that last on the podcast but like yeah but like doug is doug another, is definitely one doug has definitely come up in a ninja sex party song uh-huh. or two i think dave is somewhere dave is like between steve and doug yeah it really like literally. is it's yeah. like a portmanteau of the two yeah like those are those are the names that are just like you need a you would need a one syllable name for you know uh-huh. for the punchiness factor yeah and they're just you know a little bit for some reason, in I that wonder, genre, I'd love to look at, um, like, do some analytics on Lonely Island songs because I'm mm. sure that they have names that come up like that. There's, there's a. Have you ever seen their Just Two Guys? Yeah, music just, videos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just two guys and we're having a good time. Yeah, and there's a third guy. Right. Is his name Steve? I think his name is Steve. I think it's Steve. I think it is. <laughs> the, the, the third guy is Andy Samberg. Yes. And there's always <laughs> one moment in the song where they just they tell this one random guy to like go fuck himself, yeah. basically. <laughs> Uh, and we'll, we'll have to watch one of those we'll after it. Yeah, this. we'll watch it after we'll this. Put, yeah. We'll put it in the show notes whether we're wrong or right about <laughs> that guy's name being Steve. Yeah, because I was going to say, I feel like, and that that's the perfect example of what right. I was going to bring up, which is that, like, oftentimes when this name comes up, if there's, like, a music video, it means that it cuts to somebody who just looks sad. <laughs> right. Well, when I said Doug, the, the, song, the, the NSP song I'm thinking of is... Um, you can do us. Yeah. The one that's supposed to be <laughs> yeah, like their motivational yeah, yeah. speakers, but instead you of saying, can do us. instead of you can, you can do, do it, us. it's you can do us. And they're like motivating yeah. you to like be like, yeah. And like nobody else and, like wants to. And there, and there's, um, and there's one moment in the song and you can see it in the music video yeah. where I think they say like, except for you, Doug. Yeah. And then it cuts to Doug, who is like the one man in the <laughs> audience and he looks really sad. So sad. Yeah. Um, so where do we go from here? Uh, I think we need to mention the Oscars and then I think we need to talk about the future. Yeah, no, you're right. So, uh, just briefly want to acknowledge that the Oscars happened and recap. It was hell. We never really, so like when we did the first Oscar special, Uh we recorded it last, but we dropped it in the middle of the season. And I don't think we ever acknowledged like... We never talked about Green yeah. Book winning or like how horribly I did like predicting. Yeah. And then, um, so just to recap, uh, what if you followed us on Twitter and you saw my live tweets of the night, mm-hmm. you know what happened from my perspective. But um, out of a possible twenty-four, I predicted fifteen of the winners correctly, which is good. Which is I would I would call it like. Okay. Yeah. It's not where I want to be, but it's, it's, I think it's as good as I've ever done. I Mm -hmm. think I've done 15 once before and I think that's, that's my high point so far. Um, I did not put enough faith in Parasite. Yes. How Um, could you though? Well, yeah. So I knew obviously, obviously it was going to win international feature. Yes. The other things that won were... Uh, director, which uh-huh. I did predict, yes, and we talked about, yes, it. Um, and the other, but it won two more. Obviously, it won best picture, mm-hmm. and also it won original screenplay, yeah, which was devastating. Uh, 
Why, why? Oh, wait, no. What did we watch to one original screenplay? I, I picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right, for, both, for both original screenplay and best I picture. I there was something I wanted to win for original screenplay, but maybe not if I can't remember it. In adapted screenplay, that's <clears throat> where Little Women right. should have won, but Jojo Rabbit won. Just, which, is, I mean, it's I don't like it. it it's, I, it's the best thing that could have won that wasn't Little Women. I like Taika Waititi. Yes. I like seeing him win an Oscar and get to do a speech. Yes. Um, uh, I was pleasantly surprised when Parasite won original screenplay. Yeah. And then I was thrilled and wowed when it won Best Picture. Yeah. So I think the really, you know, so most people probably know it's it's a landmark achievement mm-hmm. because a movie from another country in another language has yes. never ever won Best Picture before. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I just want to mention the context, part of the context in which I did not expect that to happen Mm -hmm. was just a year prior when Green Book won. Mm -hmm. The thing that really didn't win, I mean, there were a number of things that didn't win, but the thing I really expected to win that didn't was Roma. Right. And so there was a question in my mind when Roma couldn't, when Roma didn't win Best Picture, which was what was holding it back more? That mm-hmm. it wasn't in English, right? Or that it had the Netflix brand on it, and both of those things seem like strikes against it in the eyes of the Academy. Yeah, because um, there's a sort of Steven Spielberg-led movement to, uh, you know, convince the public that uh, Netflix movies are are TV movies, and therefore they are television and not film or, yeah. or cinema. And so uh, I assumed that Parasite uh, likely wouldn't win Best Picture because just like Roma, uh, it wasn't American and it wasn't in English. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, I guess maybe the Netflix thing was more of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a detractor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. More of a... Um, uh, significant factor than uh, than than the foreign language aspect was. I have a comment about this that yeah. I learned about, but okay. I don't know if you read about this, and it makes sense, but it does put it does put things in a sticky situation, mm. which um, my coworker Amaka actually brought up to me. Okay. And um, do you know about the movie Lionheart? Mm, <clears throat> I, don't, I guess not. So. Um, uh, Amaka's from Nigeria. Okay. And she was telling me, oh, well, she tells me about Nigeria all the time because I ask her and she knows that I'm interested. But um, her kids had had like an international um, night at school. Mm-hmm. And her kids, um, there's a lot of Nigerian people in um, Gaithersburg, but her kids are the only two Nigerian kids at this school. And so mm-hmm. she was like, well, I have to do it. So she like made this poster and everything. One of the things she mentioned was this movie Lionheart. So Lionheart is a Nigerian film and... Um, they submitted it for consideration for an Oscar this year. Mm-hmm. And it was disqualified. Yeah. And it put it in a weird position because of the fact that Nigeria's official language is English. Mm. And so 11 minutes... So they submitted it for the um, foreign language film. When was this? This year, 2019. Okay. Um, And so... Well, it was in November 2019. There's an NPR article that I just found about it when okay. I was trying to remember the name of the movie. Yeah. Um. 
you know, it's so eleven minutes of the film are in Igbo. I think okay. that's how you pronounce that. All right. But but the problem is, is that like this is a movie that never that it didn't qualify at all, right? So uh-huh. that doesn't mean it would have been nominated by any right. standard, but it didn't even get to the qualification phase. Okay. And they were arguing that it was because it's in English. Hmm. But the thing is, because this is the thing, we assume that when we say foreign language film, right. You know, we're going to be looking at a film from a country that isn't uh, like basically Britain or Canada mm-hmm. or the United States yeah. or Australia or something. Right. But Nigeria, which really would otherwise fall into this category, right. um, made this film. But English, because of colonialism, yeah. is their first language. And right. so it didn't qualify. And pe- people were upset about this because um, yeah, it's otherwise, you know, that's not really a way... That is confusing to me Uh precisely because this past year that Parasite won Mm -hmm. was the very first year that they no longer called the category foreign language film. Oh, that's interesting. They changed the name to international film. Ah. Parasite is the first winner in the new category Uh international film. And that was part of what Bong said in his speech. Like it's honored to be the first winner in this category. Um, And I have been interested in the fact that the way that you qualify for this category is that is that the nation submits one movie Uh from the year for consideration and uh i have looked at a list of the movies that were submitted and where from and i'm pretty sure that canada and the uk do submit movies in that oh, cat- that's interesting. category. Okay. Yeah, so I'm assuming, I, I, my assumption was that it's pretty common that English language movies are submitted for consideration. So I'm just reading this from NPR, and we'll put this in the show notes. Yeah. So we, can, we don't have to spend too much time on it here. Yeah. But it does say, Feinberg is sympathetic, but he says, non-English rules remain even if the category's name has changed. A statement from the category said the intent of the award isn't changed to recognize the accomplishments and films created outside of the U.S. in other languages than English. Oh, okay. It says the term foreign was outdated and the Academy yeah. renamed the category last April. So um, after director Alfonso Cuaron's Oscar acceptance for Roma. Um, so, yeah, we can we will you can look more into this, but I thought you'd be particularly interested in this mm-hmm. um, now. So. Real quick, because Dana is asking, would you type your room number in there yes. for her by text message? Uh, the the other thing that I want to say about this, we were very fortunate in Tucson to just get a visit from a filmmaker from Kenya. Uh, right, I saw you posting about yeah, that. Yeah, named uh, Wanuri Kahiu. Uh-huh who uh, a couple of years ago made a movie called Rafiki, uh-huh. uh, which I saw at the Loft Film Fest in mm-hmm. 2018 and liked very much. Yeah. And I was happy to see it again and to see her. Uh, the night prior, uh, she did a lecture, and then um, Friday night was a screening at the Loft followed by a Q&A with her. That's great. She's great. Um, she is uh, just wonderful in many ways has a you know great sense of humor mm-hmm. and and a lot of important and interesting things to say i'm really excited to see her future work she is uh she's she's sort of entering the mainstream oh, she's good. working with she's working not only in film but one of her projects that 
when you hear about projects like this, I always think like, oh, well, I hope that happens. Maybe it'll never happen. Yeah. Like, I think I spoke in the Handmaid's Tale episode about how when I saw Margaret Atwood, part of her introduction was like, look forward to the Oryx and Crake show <laughs> on HBO. And, <laughs> and I was like, just... I better read these books. And I did. <laughs> that show doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the things Winery Kahi is working on, uh, and by the way, apologize if I'm mis- mispronouncing her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she's working on, an, on a series for Amazon. Um, which is an adaptation of uh, an Octavia Butler novel. Oh, okay. And she's working... God, what, Octavia Butler's One name. of the people she's working with is um, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Ooh. Things. Also, I think separate project, I think, but I think she's working with Reese Witherspoon mm. on something. So mm-hmm. she's like, you know, she's been invited in. Her film, Rafiki, is about two young women uh, in Africa... Uh, who fall in love with each <gasps> other, um, and they submit. She submitted her film to the Kenyan Film Board uh-huh. to get a rating. Yeah, because that's what you do. Yeah, and the Kenyan Film Board said, "We will give you a rating as long as you change the ending of your film, because the ending was too hopeful." They wanted it to be like they wanted it to be remorseful that they were gay. Yes. Wow. <laughs> they, they, you know. So so yeah. basically, like, yes, you can make and show a film yeah. where there are gay people mm-hmm. engaging in gay activities. Yeah. As long as, like you know. Like going to Home Depot. As and... long as it ends in, like, yeah. suffering. In, like, you know, like, probably one of them. <laughs> one of them dies. One of them's dead and the other one's, uh-huh. like, haunted forever yeah. or something like that. And but really regrets it. That was not the way that her film ended. So she... Refused to change the ending. Mm-hmm. And so they banned her film in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Other interesting things that have happened since then are, one is they, they sued because Kenya has a new constitution, a relatively young constitution. Mm-hmm. And apparently the laws have not really been updated mm-hmm. with the constitution. Oh, okay. So they're suing over freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and that is ongoing that Mm -hmm. hasn't been settled another interesting thing that's happened is that the film has played everywhere else in africa (laughs) everywhere but kenya like literally every country i think so that's the way that she made it sound yeah and she was listing off like places that are so conservative she couldn't believe that that people were seeing it there um, and uh, the uh, the last the real reason that I brought this up uh-huh. is because, as I said, the country submits one film for Oscars consideration right. in yes. that foreign yeah. language or international film category. Yeah, and so she they petitioned the film board mm-hmm. to lift the ban for seven days, and they did that. And and during that time, Kenya submitted. Are her... you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, unfortunately, uh-huh. it was not nominated, and so yeah. you know people don't know it for that. But um, but yes, it was Kenya's submission to the Oscars, um, and uh, I believe my understanding is they had to lift the ban in order to do that. Yeah. It for seven days it was not banned, and for seven days it did play in Kenya to like. <laughs> To like sold out screenings. That's incredible. Like, that makes ev- me want to Every cry. hour of every day. <laughs> oh my you know? god. Like, 
Oh my god! So yeah, it's a it's a it's a really beautiful film with a really interesting story, mm-hmm. you know, surrounding it and behind it. So um, it was a treat to get to see her, and yeah, I'm just really fascinated by the process and the idea that like the yeah. the country, the country, <laughs> like the government, like the government of the country, like picks one movie <laughs> and they're like, please Oscars, like consider put us in your so anyway um another thing that here's something that i did do in our first oscar special Mm -hmm. that i didn't do in my second one yeah because if i had done it it would have been two and a half hours long (laughs) um i looked ahead Yes. And said what my most anticipated movies were. Right, yeah, yeah. I think over a year ago when we did it the first time, I said Us mm-hmm. by Jordan Peele, Little Women by mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig, and I might have mentioned others. I don't remember. Just briefly, uh, I want to say what I would have said and what I can say now because it's March rather than yeah. January when we recorded it. Um, most anticipated for 2020. Um, first, Candyman. Yes, uh, Kenny's also very into that. Directed uh-huh. by Nia DaCosta, produced by Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. First trailer just came out uh, very recently. Uh, looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's out in June, I mm-hmm. want to say. Um, I was going to say that I'm looking forward to the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, coming oh, out yeah. in April. Uh-huh. Now I can say that I look forward to that movie hopefully coming out in November. Yeah. Do you know about this? No. Oh, they delayed it. Uh, oh, beca- wow. Because of the coronavirus. What? Yeah. They, they delayed Why? Just concerns. Because they don't want people to go to the movie. I think so, yeah. I think it was supposed to come out next month. I know because I know Billie Eilish did the song for yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that means hopefully, and I think we can probably, op, you know, optimistically say, def, almost definitely, she will perform at the next Oscars, yes. which is exciting. Which is great. Yeah. I think uh, uh, she performed at the last one yeah. too, but it was a totally <laughs> different context, mm-hmm. um, and and it was weird. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no time to die. Uh, delayed from April to November. Mm-hmm. Still one of my anticipated of the year. Just have to wait longer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Marvel movies, um, Black Widow in May and Eternals in November, I think. Okay. Off yeah. the top of my head, I think that's, that's And right. that's got Kumail, right? Yes. It's, Eternals is the one that is directed by Chloe Zhao, who mm-hmm. I picked as my director yes. in the draft. Uh-huh. And, uh, yes, Kumail is in it. I think Angelina Jolie is in it. Yeah. Um, beefy Kumail. It's, yeah, it should, it should, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to see him without a shirt on. Uh, it sounds great. I'm not going to complain uh, about <laughs> that at all. Um, and, uh, other, um, I might think, I might think of other anticipated movies before we're done here. Come in! She can't just open the door, Will. Oh. It's locked. Yeah, but Will's in. never been in a hotel room before. Uh, producer Dana's here, so. Uh... Oh, and okay, so this is the perfect. <laughs> this is the perfect transition. Okay. For uh, the last topic we have to get into, uh-huh. from the previous topic of anticipated movies yeah. of twenty twenty, uh-huh. obviously goes without saying. Uh-huh. Most anti- most highly anxiously anticipated movie of the year uh-huh. is the French Dispatch. Yes. The new Wes Anderson movie. Yes. Coming this summer. Uh-huh. So with, so with that in mind, what we need to talk about 
the future of the podcast. Yes. And what we are going to do in oh the my next God. season. Do you really just want us to talk about Wes Anderson for that's the entire my, that's season? That's my pitch. So I've I've already I've already <laughs> I've already told this to Liz by text message, but she probably thought I was joking. And at the time maybe I was. But I have decided that this is that I think this is a great idea and I want to do it. So here so here's okay. here's here's what I have to say about it. Okay. First of all, I, I did, feel like Will's asking me to marry him. I did tell your <laughs> I did tell your two friends last night at the bar, yes. and they were totally into uh, it. Alicia and Steve. Yes, yeah. Alicia and Steve loved the idea. Yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that the French Dispatch will be the tenth feature film. So there we go. Released by uh-huh. Wes Anderson. Yeah. So we've talked about talking about Wes Anderson yes. in an, in an episode and of have this felt podcast. like we would never actually be able to fit it all well because we talked about like are we gonna do a commentary yeah you've watched the life aquatic so much are we just gonna talk about that movie yeah. are we gonna do a joint episode do we each do one so what we need to do is we need to plan a, around the release of the French dispatch. Uh-huh. Um, and we need to talk about that when we've seen it. Right. Um, that's the least we have to do. Yes. The most that we could do, uh-huh. which is my pitch, uh-huh. is for a season of the show, yeah. steal the format of the Blank Check with Griffin and David podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. where they pick a filmmaker and they do an episode of their podcast per movie yes. in that person's filmography. Yes. I I think because they don't just pick any director. Yes. They specifically pick directors, hence the name of the show, who mm. got a blank check from yes. Hollywood. They were so successful uh-huh. that they were allowed to make whatever they wanted. Uh-huh. So they've covered directors like M. Night Shyamalan, yeah. the Wachowskis, uh-huh. James Cameron. Um, Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. Um, uh, Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. You know, big, big, big shots. Yes, maybe kind of. There is technically the possibility that they would cover Wes Anderson someday. I think it's really unlikely. I don't think that they're ever going to do... So you don't think that you're stealing their thunder with our our huge listeners? I'm I'm saying (laughs) I don't hesitate to steal the format of their show. I would hesitate to steal the content uh-huh. of their show. Yeah. I would not do a director that they've already covered or that I really think that there's a real possibility yeah. that they're going to cover. I think it's really unlike... I don't think Wes Anderson really fits the premise of their podcast. Uh-huh. So I don't think they'll ever do it. <clears throat> so we could just talk about Wes Anderson for all of season four of our podcast. Yeah. Just doing an episode per movie. Yeah. Starting prob- starting probably in late April uh-huh. or early May, I'm guessing. Yeah. So that we do, uh, you know, nine episodes for nine films and then the, uh-huh. and then the tenth comes yes. out. Yes. And then after that, probably, maybe it's the mailbag or maybe it's an actual, you know, one additional actual episode where it's yeah. a retrospective and what I... What I want to, what I will definitely want to do, and I hope you will do as well, but I wouldn't force you, mm-hmm. is to rank all of his films yeah. in the end. Can you, can you imagine if I was like, I refuse? 
I can understand somebody <laughs> doing that. I know that I'm... No, I mean, number I, one... I know some people who sometimes indulge me in my <laughs> bullshit, and then other times are, like, not right now. <laughs> um. Uh, well, number one's the life aquatic, so, you know, let's go from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, that, and that's part of the point of why I want to do this, is because... Yeah. I think that we will disagree especially, in, in perhaps interesting ways. In perhaps every way. Especially because uh, when you sent me the trailer for the French Dispatch, I said, doesn't this seem a little bit on the nose? Yeah. I can't tell if this is going to be good or not. And mm-hmm. you said, this? 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 Are you referring to this? The new Wes Anderson movie? <laughs> are... are are we talking about the same thing right now? Yeah. Like, I said, Will, I'm just saying, it seems like even kind of Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson E for Wes Anderson. And Will was like, it's going to be incredible. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I'm not so devoted that it's going to be a masterpiece. Yes. I just don't understand. Like, I can't imagine seeing something yeah. and going like, uh, Wes Anderson's gone too far this time. <laughs> like, he's too much on his bullshit. Like, he is, he, for a long time, <laughs> has been consistently more on his own bullshit than anyone else. There's like 45 so, people in the movie, and it's about like a literary magazine. Yeah, but like, <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel had like 45 <clears throat> different people in it, and it was about like, <laughs> a quaint hotel in a fake country. I like, don't know. That made more sense to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I guess I guess like Wes Anderson's movies just sort of feel like a French literary magazine to me, anyway. Yeah. And so to have it be about a literary magazine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah. Okay. What am I doing? You're putting out your hand for a handshake. I just want. I. I want. I. I am going to shake your hand. Just. <laughs> just. Just quickly. Yes. What what would we do if we weren't doing that? Like, do do we haven't talked about this? Yeah. Do you have topics that you wanted to cover in there, season four? There are some topics I want to talk about eventually. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Degrassi at some point. <laughs> shut up. Great answer. <laughs> shut, no, shut I love it. I'm up. not. I laughed, but I'm not making fun. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking a beer. Sorry. Um, I think that's a great answer. <laughs> I want to talk about yoga, uh-huh. um, also, which might actually make sense to do because I'm going to be using part of my um, bonus this year to buy a year of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've told you that I have some complicated feelings about yoga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have complicated feelings when I'm doing it, but um, and um, yeah, there were a couple of other things similar to that um, mm-hmm. strain of things that I of my normal bullshit like yeah. uh, nostalgia. I was also just thinking that like truly I wanted to do um, just like a full close reading of Tell All Your Friends um, which mm-hmm. I sort of did a little bit yeah. but I really wanted to just full hog do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so speaking for myself I have thought about what to do next uh-huh. and what topics I might want to cover in season four and part of me has thought like we did it for a year yeah, and it was fun and we did it from mm-hmm. January to January, and I call it a success for, yeah. for personal, yes. you know, reasons. From, well, we can from always go back to it, I guess. Right, and I was just yeah. thinking, like, maybe 2019 was the year that we did yeah. a podcast, and if we feel the urge and it's imperative, then we'll do it again. Yes. But but maybe, maybe not at the same rate. Yeah, and also, I think it's and, worth pointing out that um, nobody is paying us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and nobody is 
producing us. Yeah. And so we can literally do literally do whatever the fuck we want. And I don't care if anyone listens and and we're just doing it for fun for for ourselves and for each other. Yeah. And Sarah. Um, Yeah, sure. And, um, Oh, we didn't read her email. We have to read her email. Okay. One more thing on the agenda. (laughs) And, uh, I have thought of one topic Mm -hmm. that made me go, well, well, I'm excited to do that topic in in the next season. Yeah. One topic, Uh um, which I, by the it's Telltale Games. Yes. When I thought of that, I yes. was like, okay, I can do an episode around that. <laughs> uh-huh. I know what I want to say. Yeah. And and besides that, I have like two or three other ideas that are like, I know I can do an episode about this. Yeah. Um, I know I probably will. Uh huh. But I don't have the same like excitement of like, uh, you know, a specific thing that yeah. I want to hone in on uh-huh. the way that I do with the with the Telltale Games topic. And I, so, I do I do think also at some point and maybe maybe I mean this will be in another time but we can also think of this as a palate cleanser even. I would like to do a sort of episode of mini mini things, mm-hmm. like things that I'm smug about that really take about two sentences. Right. So so that that's related <clears throat> to another idea that I had. So mm-hmm. so two two alternatives one is I have thought, well, maybe the future of the podcast is we have something that we're smug about, but that's just like the last thing that we talk about. <laughs> and like, really, it's like mostly like a, it's a little more timely. Uh-huh. It's a little more like catching up like current events uh-huh. with like what's in like entertainment news and yeah. like what we've been watching and stuff. Uh-huh. And then... You know, maybe like halfway through, it's like, so you're smug about this. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, so, we're, so I want to rant about this. And okay, then that's yeah. it. Um, and then the other, and then the other possibility I thought of is if we're not doing all Wes Anderson all the time mm-hmm. in season four, then I guess it would be a normal season, but it's Wes Anderson at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. So at the, it ends with the French dispatch uh-huh. and it's out and we've just seen it and we talk about that. Yeah. And the first episode is, we talk about everything prior. Yeah. Um, and then in the middle, it's just what it's the, it's what we would normally do. Yeah. And you do yoga and I do telltale games and we okay. trade off. So, no, let's, I'm all in on Wes Anderson. Okay, great. So we are shaking hands. Can you take a picture of this, Dana? Dana's going to take a picture. We're still shaking hands. We're going to continue shaking hands and then we'll until read, the picture uh, has been taken. And... Dana's like on my clothing. Did you get it? Okay. Dana's getting it. Dana got it. So um, the the handshake confirms that season four, baby. In season four, every episode will be about a Wes Anderson movie. Yes. Great. Great. Um, So look forward. So we'll read Sarah's email and then we'll sign off. Yeah. So look look forward to in about a couple of months. Yeah. the uh, season premiere will be about Bottle Rocket. Yeah. And then we'll just do them, you know, chronologically from oh, there. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, geez. <laughs> um, so this is an email. So Sarah was going to be here with us in San Antonio, but of course couldn't make it. She was actually going to be physically on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but she couldn't make it. Ironically enough, we are recording when she asked us to. <laughs> um, so, you know, fine. Um, here's her email. Dear Smug Buds. I hope to be in San Antonio recording this with you, but these are strange times, and at least now I ha- never have to hear my own voice. Uh, not totally think that that's true. She does speak and have ears, but 
Um, I'm writing to thank Liz for recording the podcast on detoxes, which at first I denied I requested, but Liz kept the receipts. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you this? She was like, I didn't request that. Yeah, no, I was, yeah. And I literally went into Messenger, searched yeah. for detox, and sent her a screenshot. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh. Like, yeah. where she literally was like, I have, she literally said, I have a request. Yeah, we've we, <laughs> yeah, we been over it. Um, it's a topic I'm passionate about, partially because I have been, in my younger years, dumb enough to fall for some of these schemes. I was probably old enough to know better when I bought a detox, which didn't even make me shit, let alone flatten my stomach through dehydration. It's just also pervasive. And I say I was dumb enough, but that's wrong, right? It's even people who are responsibly, who are reasonably skeptical are susceptible to capitalist marking that preys on our insecurities. I also just want to say thank you to both Will and Liz for recording the Smug Buds. I know it's the joke that I'm the devotee of the pod, but I really am. I usually listen first thing when it comes out because it feels like I'm hanging out with my friends. And though you don't get that, and though you don't get to experience that with me, you should know that it means a lot. Love you both, Sarah. P.S. Sorry, I still haven't listened to the Noel episode. <laughs> and real quick, I just want to point out, and this is normally when I point out a typo, I might be criticizing the author of that typo. <laughs> but in this case, I think it is Disney's fault. Uh-huh. Uh, Sarah wrote, I still haven't listened to the Noel episode, and she spelled Noel. N-O-E-L. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> yes. The name of the movie is Noel. N-O-E-L-L-E. Yes. Be- that's the, that's, there's a pun in there. Yes. It's Noel <laughs> if it were a woman's name. Yes. <laughs> it's, it is a failure of whoever named that movie uh-huh. that somebody who knows of it would just spell it the way that Sarah spelled it. But that said, she did put it in quotes as if to say... That Noel movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) Well, um, thank you for your kind words, Sarah. And I hope you like Wes Anderson movies. (laughs) Watch Sarah just send us an email. Dear Smug Buds. Sorry I didn't listen to the fourth season. Skipping this season. See you next time. Can't deal with your bullshit anymore. (laughs) Um, Well, we love you all, Goslings. Thank you for listening. And um, we'll see you in a few months for uh, season four. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay hydrated. Wash your hands. Wash your hands and and your bodies. uh, Good night and good luck. Good night and good luck. As we always say at the end of every episode. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at Youngest of One. And his website is WilliamHoffacker.com. You can find Liz at Exclamate on Instagram at Exclamate underscore on Twitter or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.